podcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It Podcast with Brittany Page and Jesse Dallimore. All right, everybody, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Episode 722 of I Doubt It. I am your host, Jesse Dollimore. Joined today, as I always am, by the lovely, the talented, the scholarly Brittany Page, everybody. I'm trying to heal from my emotional scars because of the the yelling, frankly, this morning um, in response to the gaslighting um, of you telling me that I'm yelling. And this happens. This happens a lot in the morning. Do you? Okay. On the weekends, primarily, wow. because on the weekdays it does not happen. But this morning, we woke up. We're laying in bed. I'm looking at Twitter, and I start having some opinions. Right. And I start expressing those opinions in a very rational way. Yeah, not loud at all. And you always say, shh, shh, quiet. Yeah, just, well, here's the deal. Listen, this is probably going to come as a shock to everybody mm-hmm. who's ever heard the sound of my dumb goddamn voice. Uh, I'm, you're the loud one in the morning. <laughs> I'm, I'm very, I don't know what it is, but oh, you. So, so peaceful. Well, first of all, you're Tranquil. not, a, you're not a morning person. I'm not. No. And. I don't know what it is that when you when you do on the weekends get enough sleep, you wake up raring to go. Mm-hmm. And I'm wanting to just take in the ambiance and <laughs> have a have a a, a a a gradual wake up. The ambiance. And you, mm-hmm. the volume of your voice is all is it's as though I'm across the room from you when we're we're laying in bed right next to one another. Yeah. We're physically touching. Yeah. And you're like broadcasting. Well, listen, I get upset and (laughs) Twitter is very upsetting. And maybe what the problem is, is I shouldn't wake up and first thing start looking at Twitter. Maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe I need to open the book that's on my nightstand and read a little bit or what a nerd or something, (laughs) something that isn't as rage inducing that way. I'm not yelling because honestly I did wake Popeye up as well. He, he woke up and normally he doesn't wake up until after 11 or so. So yes, he, you woke Popeye up and he had a big day yesterday yeah. Not a lot of sleeping yesterday. Yeah, he had to go back to the vet because his ear was, as I as I told the vet staff when they came out to get him, um, stinky and sticky. It was yeah. so smelly and disgusting. It had like dried, clotted, dried blood mixed with like pus or some kind of mm-hmm. excretion. Yeah. And... When I looked in his ear, because we got like an emergency appointment, like somebody canceled and they they got us in real quick. I opened his ear to see what was going on, and I thought that somehow the stitches had broken, Mm -hmm. and the inner part of the ear was like just gushing, oozing, like a like a sourdough mix 
like bursting from its jar. Yeah. Coming out. Yeah. And it, I mean, you were going to help me with the live stream on YouTube yesterday. Yeah. That was the plan. And you couldn't because you had to bring him in. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert. Everything's fine. Yeah, you're doing what I tried to do yesterday <laughs> when I called you. Uh, they, yeah, it's totally fine. They cleaned it out. They said the stitches are still intact, um, that they expected some of the stuff to be coming out, I guess, because of how infected he was in his ear. Um, so everything's fine. Everything's normal. Um, but He didn't sleep is the point. Yeah, he didn't sleep very well. So... My yelling probably didn't help with that. But, you know, maybe I am trying to make up for how ruined I was after my second vaccine, which was very surprising. I was hoping that that wouldn't be the case when I got my second dose. I was hearing... You got all kinds of news right now. I know. The second dose, it's it's worse than, than the first dose. You're going to have some negative symptoms. And I kept hearing that. And I'm like, no, you know, that's not going to happen Because the first one was so easy. Yeah, I'm like, it's going to be fine, you know, and you were pretty wrecked. Yeah, two I, days ago, it took about 24 hours for it to happen. But I was at work. It was in the middle of my work day, And it was to the point where it was tough to concentrate on anything other than my joint pain. I mean, it was so severe that at times I wanted to cry about how bad my fingers hurt. And they told you don't take anything for it. Let your body do its thing, because if you take even ibuprofen, that's a, an immune suppressor. Isn't that what they said? Something like that? The nurse told me, yeah, they, they kind of walk around while you're in your 15-minute waiting period to make sure you don't pass out or whatever after your vaccine. <laughs> yeah. Um, she said, if you can, if you can, don't take anything and allow your body to fight it. I tried to read a little bit about why that would be the case, why taking an ibuprofen might interfere. It seems to make sense to me that it's better to let your body fight it off. Because um, if you give, if you give your body or your immune system kind of a um, an assist, then it's not as strong as it could be because it didn't do all the work itself. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, at first, I was like, whatever. I don't. That doesn't make <laughs> sense, you know. But well, you still have like a weird rash on your arm. I, we're not. By the way, we're not dissuading or attempting to dissuade anyone. No, 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 no. Go get the goddamn vaccine when it's your turn, when it's available to you, when you can get it, get it. Yeah. But know that, you know, there is a reality of some mild side effects. If you have some body aches or a little rash on your arm or your arm is sore. Yeah. What you should do is just wake up in the morning and yell real loud at your partner <laughs> and uh, don't use a quiet voice. Well, yeah. Well, no. And that's that's the thing. I'm glad that you said that because I do not want to be dissuading anybody from getting it. It's very important that if you can get it, you get it. Um, and... But I was surprised by the negative side effects. And I never get sick. So I think part of it was yeah. that I'm like, what is happening to my body? I never get sick. Yeah, yeah. So it was particularly terrible. And also, I'm generally whiny and terrible. So that you, was that. Well, I will agree with one thing and yeah. disagree vehemently with the other. You're not whiny at all. But you certainly don't get sick. Yeah. You're a freak about never getting sick. Sure. It's and freakish. It is a freak show. Yeah. Well, it would be nice. It's an oddity. Because I like to take time off. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it didn't last that long. I would say once I got home from work, I just, I went to bed and uh, slept through the night. So we had planned to record a show that day, actually. And I just, it was me that ruined it that time from, from illness. Don't so. say that like that. Like well, it's always me. We know the history of the show. It's always me. <laughs> Everybody knows the history. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, so, and I do still have a rash underneath my injection site, but it's going down. It looks a lot better today. So nothing that would dissuade me from getting it again. And I'm very much looking forward to having the immunity. Yeah. yeah. So uh, sorry about that, Kathy. Reviewer Kathy, we, we apologize for going into such detail about <laughs> our gonna lives. Is that going to be every episode we I, talk about I, that? I've actually given thought to creating some kind of a disclaimer. <laughs> Like, uh, get ready for some personal details. We're sorry or something, you know. I think that's a good idea. Yeah, well, I'm too lazy to do that. So. Oh, okay. Uh, anyway, let's get on with the show, everybody. Um, we have, from time to time, we get an email or a voicemail that kind of ruffles my feathers. And we're not going to read all of this voice or this email from David. I'm not even going to give his last name. Uh-oh, you know, it's not going to be a great response from Jesse D when... Well, he signs off as Dave. Oh, okay. Um, but well, I'm, not, like, I'm like... not going to give his little moniker nickname thing. Yeah, he did. I, he, gave yeah. A, he gave a nickname. Um, one, we're not going to read the whole email because... Is this the one that addresses only you and Popeye? <laughs> that is right. That is right. Oh, I Listen, love that. there is still a portion of our audience that... And they always... Not always, but it really... It rings in my mind that there's commonality. There is a common thread that sews them together in a tapestry of misogyny. And it's that they are like Sam Harris fanboys, Bill Mm. Maher fanboys, Mm. defenders of the honor of Bill Maher and Sam Harris. And Dave here wrote what can only be described as a 1,233-word manifesto. You did the count? (laughs) Yeah, I put it into word because I'm like, God damn, this thing's a long email. It is pretty long. This is a ridiculously long email if you think it's going to be read on the show. Yeah. When I used to do scripted YouTube content, Mm -hmm. a 1,000-word script is about 10 minutes. Yes. So if you think... That we don't want to play longer than three-minute voicemails on the show, (laughs) but we're going to spend 12 minutes or so reading an email. No. However, there are a few points in here that just have to be addressed. One is the fact that, like you said, it starts with Dear or Hi, Jesse. Yeah. We changed the name of this show for this very reason. Well, honestly, can I say... so... It It, is, no, hang on. Okay. It is frustrating as all get out. Oh. Yeah. That's really frustrating. It's it's an old one. (laughs) It is very frustrating to me when people overlook your contribution or your fucking existence when addressing this program. Well, thank you for that. I do have to say it was, I mean, it's comical when this happens because honestly, they talked about Popeye and and you and and they're talking about a segment from the show that we we both spent a significant amount of time on and it's just funny to have someone write into the show and address you and the dog but not like the human woman that's on the show yeah well here <laughs> and it's like let me amazing read the sign to off. me let me read the sign off because people are going to be like wow they're really going hard at this guy when the sign off is so genuine sounding First, it's hi, Jesse, and then he signs off, I love your shows, you know, parenthetically with an S. I love your shows, though, and want you to keep doing what you're doing. You got me through 2020, and you're getting me through 2021. 
thank you, exclamation point, sending my best wishes for Popeye and you and yours. Very, Maybe he considers nice. you mine. Yeah, that could be it. That, but you're not named by name. Anyway, but I want to read some of this, or have you do it, because I'm not the best reader. I pulled it up here. Um, if you could just read the first paragraph, and I may stop or may not. We'll see how the spirit moves me. Okay. I disagree with you about Michael Moore and Bill Maher, and since I'm at it anyway, Sam Harris. So, pause. This indicates this person has been listening for a while, because I don't think we talked about Sam Harris at that time, or at least not significantly. I may have mentioned him in passing. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. But it's very possible. So maybe in passing. Sam Harris certainly has been... Look, I think Sam Harris has contributed a lot to the discourse in America. Mm -hmm. I don't... I'm not somebody who's like, fuck that guy. I think he's fallen down a rabbit hole like uh, some of the grifters that we know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, overall, I, I don't, I'm not an everything Sam Harris does is bad kind right, of guy. But he has certainly saddled up to bad faith actors within sure. the intellectual dark web. Yeah. He has fueled the fires that, that, that um, he has given fuel to fires of bigotry. Yeah. Do I think he's a bigot? Eh, I think it could be argued. But maybe not, maybe not, but he certainly gives a lot of uh, bigots room for argument. Yeah. So continuing with Dave's words, I think trying to be genuine, honest, and straightforward with everyone and expecting that to make a difference is fairly arrogant and self-serving because it's missing a larger point. All right. All right. That's how it starts. I think trying to be genuine, honest, and straightforward with everyone is fairly arrogant, self-serving, and missing the larger point. Being honest and straightforward is arrogant and (laughs) self-serving. Wow. We know for a fact that many millions of Americans can witness Donald Trump say or do something live at the rally, in person, and the instant they hear CNN or anyone else they don't like report on it, deny that it ever happened. They literally cease to believe it. They have no interest in or grip on reality. Telling them the truth and being totally honest with them is absolutely pointless. You can't hunt elephants with a squirt gun and no serious person would try. You have to employ tactics that people tend to be vulnerable to, like bullying, propaganda, and subversion. And if that fails, then society needs to be cleansed of that way of thinking. Being honest only works with people who give a shit about honesty, and that doesn't sound like any Republican I've ever met. Well, what Dave is doing here is asserting or assuming or somehow suggesting that Bill Maher, his audience is Republicans, and he's speaking to Republicans, trying to convince Republicans, when that's just not the case. Mm -hmm. When I speak here, and yes, I am comparing myself to Bill Maher, I'm not talking to a bunch of Republicans. Mm -hmm. That's not the lion's share of my audience. It's not even a, 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 a... a decent minority of the audience. And mm. the same goes for Bill Maher. Right. Hannity's audience, there's not a lot of crossover between Hannity's audience and Bill Maher's audience. Mm-hmm. So that's just, it's, it's just right off the bat making what I believe to be a disingenuous argument, but also a nonsense one that honesty is arrogant 
and self-serving. Well, especially within the context of what we were originally criticizing Bill Maher for, which was his anti-vax and conspiracy promoting show. Yeah. He was sowing doubt about the COVID-19 vaccines and he was uh, promoting conspiracy theories related to the origin of the COVID-19 virus, um, saying that in, in agreement with the Weinstein guy, that it was 90% likely that it was created yeah. within a lab in China, which, according to experts, is not likely at all, uh, certainly not 90%. So yeah. he's not trying to convince Republicans that that's not true. Like you said, Jesse, it's an audience of liberals that he's promoting conspiracies and lies That to. he's lying to liberals, getting them, c- c- trying to convince them, uh, or whether he's trying or not, he is inadvertently, even to give the most charitable outlook on this, he's lying to liberals and convincing them of conspiracies and lies. That's, is that not arrogant? Is that not self-serving? No, honesty and truth apparently is, according to Dave. So Dave continues, unlike you and others, I am not a recovering Republican. I am a Democrat. I have never registered as or voted for a Republican, and I never will. I have hated Republicans since I was a child. It was clear to me at age five that Ronald Reagan was a bad man, even if I didn't understand politics. Can I just pause here for a second? Please. So this is something that is, I'm trying to find a word. (laughs) It's very frustrating to me because people that consider themselves rationalist or, you know, people can label them logic bros, they'll try to do this, right? Like they have superior reasoning and they are rational and logical and they're superior in that way. They have better abilities. And saying that you've been right about something since you were five, um, does that mean you understood all of the arguments against Ronald Reagan? You understood the racism, right. the callous behavior toward uh, gays at the time? I mean, I'm I'm just you're understanding at age five it, it went that deep, or what are you basing that on? I mean, what's the logic? Well, surrounding I'll, I'll that? tell you what it's based on. I'll take a stab at it. I don't know because I don't know, gentleman Dave. Uh, it is likely that his parents hated Ronald Reagan. Yeah. That's why I loved Ronald Reagan, because my parents loved Ronald Reagan. So he happened to be right, right? You happened to be wrong because of your parents, and he happened to be right. Yes. But he's attributing that to some unique and special rational sense that he has an ability to be right throughout his whole life he's yeah intrinsic intrinsic he's never voted for a republican he's not been like you he's always had the right morality ever since he was born he knew the right thing how lucky i know how do you reason with someone who has that superior sense of self in terms of their ability to be logical and rational. I really don't know the answer to that question. Maybe we should ask Dave in a, in a way that's not, you know, you know 12,000 words, like and the listen, Kaczynski thing. I, I know people think we're being dicks here. and, and we, I hope they we, don't. We kind of are, honestly, but we tried to explain that up front well, about am, why I, that is. I am an honest person, so by, by virtue of that, I'm arrogant and self-serving. But I think Dave would appreciate <laughs> it, though. I think Dave would appreciate it because basically the argument he's making here is that Bill Maher should be a dick, right? He talked about bullying, propaganda, subversion, that these are tactics that should be used. So I think Dave might walk away from this being fully convinced that he's wrong. Right. <laughs> 
Right. Okay, back to his email. Quite often I hear you say how Democrats aren't being strong enough to combat Republicans. I agree with you, but what's incredible is you seem to be very squeamish about the very speakers and thinkers who are standing up to the right and the methods they employ. Sam Harris, Bill Maher, and Michael Moore, to name just three I've heard you attack. Look, I hate that we dropped atomic bombs on Japan. Whoa, that took a turn. (laughs) Goddamn. It was repugnant, shameful, and disgusting thing to do. But... Is there a butt coming? But I recognize (laughs) that it was necessary and the results speak for themselves. The war might have been winnable without bombs, but it was won with the bombs. Bill Maher, Michael Moore, and Sam Harris are like Little Boy, Fat Man, and Castle Bravo, respectively. Their methods are the nuclear option. Hang on, hang on. The arrest could have been effectuated without shooting the victim in the back seven times at point-blank range. However, that's what it took. So the arrest got effectuated. No harm done because uh, Jacob Blake was arrested. It doesn't matter that he got shot in the back a bunch of times. He got arrested. Mm -hmm. Except in this case, he's talking about tens of thousands of people being incinerated by an atomic bomb. Uh, Please proceed. Harris, Moore, and Marr do get under everyone's skin pretty often, and no, everything they say isn't always strictly true, but their goals and ideals are pure, and ideas <laughs> they represent and the reality they are defending is strictly true and real, and I'm 100% on board with them. All right, and then read the first sentence of the next paragraph, because I want to tie these two things together. We're <laughs> skipping a lot of paragraphs because it's just lengthy. None of these men is dishonest. None is telling lies and intentionally trying to deceive people in order to harm them. Wait a minute. Harris, Moore, and Marr do get uh, under everyone's skin pretty often. And no, everything they say isn't always strictly true, but their goals and ideas, blah, blah, blah. And then the very next paragraph, none of these men is dishonest. None is telling lies. Then I guess we have a we're at an impasse here relative to the definition of terms Mm -hmm. because if they are if they uh, everything they say isn't technically true or strictly true true. yeah if it's not strictly true but they never lie they're not dishonest or telling lies come on bro come on bro Mm -hmm. you need to abandon your subservience your allegiance to these individuals. And embrace the ideologies of truth. It's not okay. You maybe are okay with being lied to. Being told untruths. Or being bullied. Or whatever. But I'm not. And I, I owe it to my audience to be arrogant and self-serving enough to be honest. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not surprising he's defending Bill Maher because there was no defense here related to the uh, anti-vax views, the conspiracy promoting. Um, We also talked about him being anti-GMO. There's no defense in here from Dave on any of those things, but there's a defense of them using propaganda and bullying. And so apparently he doesn't mind Bill Maher using propaganda. But at the same time, he's saying what they say is strictly true. So again, I'm very confused about where to go. Also, how am I squeamish? uh, Squeamish? How am I squeamish about those individuals? I've called 
Bill Maher, I mean, I don't know the, the amount of times, but I've called Bill Maher a dumb fuck. I'm not squeamish about them. Yeah. I know the damage that they do. And Bill and, and, and Michael Moore, the criticisms are the same. It's it's selective editing. It's it's not good because it leads people to a conclusion. They can think on their own. Lead them down the path. Give them the give them the truth. Give them the facts. Give them the data. Let them make up their mind. Yeah. I think it's because I think the squeamish thing is in reference to us talking about what's best for changing hearts and minds. Um, being not a dick, right? And so the, the the end justifies the means for Dave. Yes, I would say. Um, and of course, we don't always succeed at treating people with kindness in order to change hearts and minds. Sometimes we are also dicks. You can say me. It's okay. No, I mean, I I feel like I'm being a dick right now, but I also feel like sometimes that's warranted. I would agree with Dave on that. That there are times when. You you can't address certain things with kindness. I, I'm not talking about being kind all the time. I'm talking about telling the truth and not being like. If you want to talk about Bill Maher's bigotry, then that's right, fine. Right. But I'm I'm not because I'm not a bigot. And if someone is going to be, uh, I believe, disingenuous mm-hmm. or just fucking straight up wrong, and also ignoring you is really what set me off. Um, we probably would have. <laughs> I probably would have uh, dealt with this a little differently Hmm. hadn't uh, the initial omission of your existence from the program. I think Dave just really loves men and dogs. I think those are his preferred types of... I don't know. Listen, I appreciate listening, Dave. I appreciate that you you express the sentiment that I helped you get through 2020 and I'm helping you get through 2021. That's great. But some serious self-reflection needs to be done here that you're okay with being lied to because Republicans lie to their people. That, mm-hmm. that just doesn't make any fucking sense at all. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's a problem. Yeah. Thanks for the email, Dave. <laughs> we appreciate the communication. You too can have your voice um, amplified. You can leave us a voicemail, <laughs> 657-464-7609. Again, 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email, just like Dave did, I doubt it, at dollamore.com. We have another email, if you would like me to read that one as well. Proceed. Okay. <laughs> okay, this one is from Brian in China. Hi, Jesse and Brittany. I'm writing in response to the discussion started by Crystal in New Hampshire regarding the treatment of teachers during the pandemic. Firstly, to Crystal, congratulations on your upcoming delivery, and I wish you the best. I'm sorry to hear that your district has been so obstinate in the face of reality and put you in peril. It varies a lot from state to state, but if you have a strong teachers union, then don't hesitate to go to it for help if the district continues to treat you at all in this way, if you haven't already done so, of course. I've been working in education since 2008, and I've worked in a variety of settings. I've worked in one of the wealthiest districts in New York, on the Blackfeet Reservation in Montana, in overcrowded schools in Oregon, and in cram schools in Korea. Currently, I work as an international teacher in China. Needless to say, I have had a very different experience during the pandemic. Despite the fact that the Chinese government is still lying to the world about its COVID numbers and the genocide in Xinjiang, The government does have the virus under control. 
We returned to in-person teaching last April and have been in-person since. It was incredibly scary going back at first, especially since my school, a for-profit private institution, had teachers and students return to in-person instruction weeks earlier than other schools in the area. I'm pretty sure they bribed officials to make that happen. The government enforced mask wearing for students and teachers, and compliance was quite good. Wearing a mask if you feel sick is seen as basic etiquette, even in normal times. Teachers are also being offered one of the Chinese vaccines for free. However, I am waiting until either one of the American or British ones get here or until there has been an independent third party study of the Chinese ones. As you can tell, the overall response to COVID here is mixed, but generally good. Now, regarding how teachers are treated, Jesse mentioned that teachers should be held in the same esteem as soldiers in America. My spousy wife, Josephine, pointed out how it's actually not too different. Unlike soldiers, nobody ever thanks us for our service or praises us at football games. But just like soldiers, we are poorly paid and ignored by the government. Here in China, teachers are valorized, much like soldiers are in the U.S., and we are also treated like shit. Regarding pay, I make about the same money as a teacher in the U.S., but it goes substantially further. But many Chinese teachers are still paid shit, and all teachers, especially Chinese ones, are overworked. So I imagine that if we were valorized like this in the U.S., it would be more like being a soldier. The similarities and differences are clear, but the big takeaway for me is that treating educators like shit is not uniquely American, but the disdain for teachers certainly is. I'm going to end it here as there are a million tangents I could go off on. One I would especially like to address is what it is like to teach history and social studies in a mature authoritarian state, so let me know if you'd like to hear about that. Love the show, love you both, and hope Popeye fares well after his surgery. Brian from China. Unbelievable and awesome. We love Brian and Josephine. Mm-hmm. Like I say, it's irrational, but I have a special place in the old heart for our international audience. Mm-hmm. And they happen to be in that group. Yes. Well, and I, I, I would say to Brian that, yes, we would definitely like to hear about what it is like to teach history and social studies in a mature authoritarian state. Yeah, but be careful yeah, I'm a little yeah, don't, I mean, worried about it. It's like being in prison and you know the guards are reading your emails and your mail as you send it out. So be you know, you don't you don't want to talk about how the guard is an asswipe all the time <laughs> and put yourself in danger. Yeah. Be careful. Please be careful. Maybe we should get a um like a uh, what's the what's the messaging app? The Slack? No, the 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 super signal. It's the oh, super signal. secret one. Yeah, yeah. signal. Anyway, Thanks for the email. Um, I'm, I mean, we're, we're covering kind of old territory or I, you know, me to say the same thing again, but certainly teachers are not treated well in America and it doesn't bring me any more solace that it's the case the world over or in other places around the world. Um, you know, and like Josephine, um, like he communicated uh, secondhand that his wife says, but Joseph, Josephine said that it's it is a lot like soldiers that you know we we hold them up and oh they're all heroes and then they don't get paid anything so great i can't pay my bills with your appreciation i can't pay my bills with your your yellow support the troops ribbon right it's not how it works well and i i think that we're starting to at least i'm noticing a, an increasing trend of people starting to question 
what is right in this country and how so many things are wrong in the face of the pandemic, the government failing to intervene and people struggling. I mean, even even with the storm in Texas right now, I mean, that is really amplifying the message because the grid went down and the government was just failing to act, failing to intervene as people are freezing in their homes, freezing to death in their homes, freezing to death in their cars. They can't, they have no running water for days. Uh, it's, it's horrifying. It, it is. It does give me pause uh, and hope some aspiration of, of positivity that uh, put a hard T on that positivity <laughs> um, that people are waking up to it. They're starting to see that. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Our government is failing us. Yes. Ted Cruz running off to Cancun. Right. Uh, the Texas grid being completely on its own away from the prying influence of federal regulation. Right. And look what happened. Yeah. Republican policies aren't working. And it is now killing people. And I think people, hopefully, the optimism is waning here, but hopefully people will wake up in the next election. They'll say, you know what? No. We remember how we were treated. We remember how your selfish, self-dealing policies uh, led us to to demise into terror. Yeah. Oh, Jesse, sorry, you forgot um, the Green New Deal is also playing a role. That's uh, the policy that does... Texas's downfall. Yeah, the policy (laughs) that does not exist, nor will exist under Joe Biden for the next four years, uh, is to blame for the grid in Texas and their power situation. Yeah imaginary, imaginary blame going all around. Perfect. Especially if you watch Fox News. Yeah. Yeah, good times. Well, again, 657-464-7609. Email, I doubt it at dollamore.com. I Doubt It is an independent podcast supported by listeners like you via Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as $2 a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you find the show informative, entertaining, or both, go to dollamore.com slash Patreon and choose the contribution level that's right for you. We want to give a shout out to our new Patreon supporters, Corey S. Corey S. And Wayne. Wayne! There was no last name provided. No last name. Just Wayne. Wayne Blank. So thank you to Wayne and Corey S. for becoming our latest Patreon supporters. You know, we did that special where if you became a Patreon supporter um, before the end of the month, then we were sending out the new I Doubt It with Dollamore sticker that was created by Sarah in Connecticut with uh, me, you, and Popeye, the cartoon image that she created. And all of those envelopes as of this weekend are out. Okay? So give it till the end of March to receive yours. And if you don't receive yours by the end of March, contact us and let us know that. I have only received one return envelope so far, which is good what, news. What's the first name and last initial? There was no last name put on Patreon, so only the first name is Sheena. Okay. In so, Minnesota. So Sheena, if you're out there in Minnesota. within the sound of my bullying, <laughs> um, self-serving, arrogant voice, please change your address on Patreon, and or email us, I doubt it, at dollamore.com and give us your new address. Yes. Now, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh my God, I did not update my address on Patreon. They sent it to the wrong place. First of all, God damn it. We told you. We've been saying it for a month. <laughs> 
to do it. Then, <laughs> then send us a message and let us know, and we will wait for your envelope to be returned. No, mail us a self-addressed stamped envelope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm decent. <laughs> um, no, we will we will get it out to you. We will figure it all out. So you will get your stickers. In addition to the new sticker, of course, that Sarah created, you're getting the new logo stickers. We sent those to everybody as well. So, um, uh, which like turned I said, out they turned out weird. By the way, I peeled one off. They look awesome, and you peel one off, and they're like weird, transparent. It's like a weird trans, like they're 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 see through kind of. So if you don't put them on a light surface, you don't really see. Well, I'm going to have to have some new ones made. Well, I, we'll address I, yours that. is fine right there. It's on your computer. It yeah, it's because I taped it to the back. Oh. It's not stuck there. It's the it's still stuck to its adhesive thing and then and stuck to the thing. Well, perfect. You ruined everyone's I life. I ruined it. Seriously, I thought it was upgrading, getting like a special awesome sticker. And uh, I really stepped on my dick on this one. So Okay. Well... So we'll, um, we'll get it figured out. Uh, we'll send out a bunch more. Maybe I'll have like a company actually just do it and mail God. them out. My life is going to be just hours of my no, life we'll, is dedicated to sending we'll out fig- stickers. We'll figure it out. I don't want it to be all on you. Okay. So everything's fine. But Sheena in Minnesota, please get us your new address because your envelope was returned to us. And again, I, I want to talk about something before we move on. Um we appreciate all the support. It's what keeps us going. Uh, we appreciate everyone sending us messages of encouragement, everyone asking how Popeye is doing. Uh, we really appreciate the community. And while we're on the topic of community, we have a listener who we are uh, promoting the GoFundMe page for. We shared it to the Facebook page, the I Doubt It podcast Facebook page. We've put it on Twitter. It's on all of our Twitter accounts. You can go find it. Um, it's for a, a listener, Amy. And she had um, a house fire and we are promoting this GoFundMe page so that she can get some help as she tries to move forward in the face of dealing with this situation in the midst of everything going on. Yeah, that's part of the reason that they're needing the help right now is because all the insurance companies that normally would be dealt with are um, up to their eyeballs in all the issues that are happening and justifiably so in Texas and all the need that's there. So. Uh, Like I said in the listener group, listen, uh, if community means anything, it means something now. If you've got a few extra dollars, please look in the show notes, look on our Facebook, look on all the places Brittany just talked about, and give a little bit to help out uh, a member of your extended podcast family. Yes, absolutely. All right. Moving on. Democracy facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. Speaking of the disaster, the actual now uh, national emergency that's going on in Texas, I've got this clip from a local television station that really kind of paints the picture of exactly what's happening and the situation down there. The continuing fallout from that catastrophic winter storm that slammed the central and southern U.S. this week. At least 46 deaths are linked to the storm. Texas is the epicenter of the disaster. Overnight, this hotel north of Austin was engulfed in flames. It was filled to capacity, and most of the guests were people displaced by the storm. Everyone made it out safely. The power is back on for the vast majority of customers throughout the state following five days of blackouts and sub free 
freezing temperatures. But this morning, a new crisis is emerging. The effects of the storm leaving food and safe drinking water in short supply for millions of Texans. Omar Villafranca is in Dallas. Omar, any good news for us? Not quite yet. So many pipes and water mains burst across the state that about 7 million people, a quarter of the state's population, they don't have access to safe drinking water and they're under a boil advisory. You can see the Dallas skyline behind me that's starting to turn back on as power gets back on the grid. But now leaders are playing the blame game. Now, what happened is ERCOT fell short. Texas Governor Greg Abbott laying the blame on ERCOT, the nonprofit cooperative that manages almost all of Texas's power grid. Abbott calling for state lawmakers to investigate and to winterize power generators to prevent future cold weather outages. Even if it means uh, the state stepping up, providing funds to ensure uh, that all of the machinery uh, that froze up and was unable to generate the power you need, that may require funding. The state of Texas should step up and provide that funding. But investigations and upgrades will wait for another day. With safe water in short supply for millions, Texans lined up Friday. 13,000 cases of water were given away at this distribution site in Houston, one of dozens statewide. I'm under a boil notice, too, in Fort Worth. But I have no water coming in my home whatsoever. I've got six little ones that I need to take care of. And up since 5 o'clock. And I've been on the road since 6. And I know it's at 11.30, but I'm going to sit here until, I mean, I have no choice. All the stores in my area are out of water. With many store shelves bare, food banks are seeing a spike in demand. In the Dallas area this weekend, they're preparing to give out 25,000 meals. We definitely anticipate there's going to be a surge uh, in the need for emergency food. All I did was put out the call and say, hey, I need help. They said, we'll be there. Bob Stevenson is one of nearly a dozen Dallas area restaurant owners cooking and serving hot meals to anyone finding it hard to feed themselves this week. Packing is in full swing. And more help came from hundreds of miles away. Charity workers for a Jewish organization in New Jersey drove through the night to deliver traditional Friday night Shabbat meals for a Dallas congregation. Here we go. Mission Dallas, Texas. President Biden is expected to sign a major disaster declaration, which will bring more federal aid to the state. And President Biden may also visit, but only if it doesn't disrupt the relief efforts. And Jeff, it's also worth noting that Mother Nature is actually going to cooperate because the high temperatures across the state as we begin cleanup will be in the 40s, 50s and 60s. Finally, some good news. All right, Omar, thank you very much. So really um, a terrible situation down there. A lot of people in need, and it is a remarkable thing, going back to what we were just talking about before the clip, how Texas is dealing, how Texas's leaders are dealing, how they're choosing to deal with it. They're choosing to go on Fox News and blame windmills. Mm -hmm. They're choosing to go on Fox News and blame policy that doesn't exist. Right, yeah. And you heard uh, Texas... But apparently, because they're being dishonest, they're not arrogant or self-serving. That's the way they should be doing it. Well, you heard Texas Governor Abbott in that clip there talking about how if it is necessary for state funds, then yes, they will make state funds available. If. If it is necessary. <laughs> um, very eager to help, he is. Very uh, eager to be of assistance. It is, a sho- it is a shocking abdication of duty of a politician. Obviously, we expect this from Republicans, 
But it, when your constituency is dying, freezing to death in their trailers, like that seven-year-old boy, this is, this is especially egregious. Mm-hmm. Um, we also put up on the Facebook page ways that you can help Texas if you want to be sending some funds over there. Uh, AOC also put up a link and raised... Uh, over $3 million now. Yeah, millions, that, I was going to say. That, it keeps ticking, ticking up. Yesterday was like 2.2. Now it's over $3 million. Yeah, she also went to Texas to help. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's the leadership that we need. But of course, over on Fox news, she's continuing to be vilified. You know, Tucker Carlson had Rick Perry on and Rick Perry. He's the former governor. He's the former governor of the state of Texas. Also the former secretary of energy. Also the former contestant on dancing with the stars. Most importantly. Yeah. B-level celebrity on Dancing with the Stars. So he had some important information about what's going on in Texas. It's incredibly important to have a diverse... I, I think you had a number of things that lined up for the perfect storm, if you will. But the point is, that's what those of us in government are supposed to do. We're supposed to try to uh, look over the horizon, see the things that are the challenges. It Having a diverse base load of energy is incredibly important. We started taking coal plants off. We started taking nuclear plants off. And if this country is going to continue to grow, is it going to continue to have base that it's going to have uh, to be competitive in the world, we've got to have an energy supply that is diverse, a base load that you know when you call on it, it's going to be there. That means that fossil fuels have to be a part of that. We've got to use, I mean, liquefied natural gas. I mean, natural gas is abundant in this country. We have stepped away from our nuclear energy, compact fusion reactors. I'm telling you, we ought to be looking at all of the different uh, ways to use fusion reactors. Uh, There's some great progress being made in that field right now. And I I don't hear... The current administration, I don't hear the Green New Deal talking about anything other than wind and solar. And those are fine. You can use them. Have them out there. We certainly have uh, that diversity in the state of Texas. But the point is, you better be thinking long term in this game. And there's not enough people thinking long term. But these seem like ideologues to me. It seems, I mean, this is just my quick and dirty read, but it seems you have malleable, weak politicians influenced by ideologues who don't know anything about the practical world and don't care. They don't care about the effects of their policies. And their view is there's, this is a moral equation. Fossil fuels are evil. Alternatives to fossil fuels except nuclear are good. Therefore, we're doing that no matter how many people freeze to death. And so why do we let people like that near the power grid is the question. And and that's the point, I think, that that we really need to drive home from the standpoint of having a group of people who are so bent on their philosophy that they don't really care about your future. They don't care about your lives in those cases. I mean, think about if, if, if we were in the AOC world, fast forward 10 years, and, and everything is solar, everything is wind, and you have this type of event, this type of, I mean, it's nine degrees in Round Top, Texas. We're the same latitude as Houston, nine degrees. 
And if you don't have power, you're going to you're going to die. I mean, there are countless lives that could be lost. So one thing, the the constant dinging is Rick Perry not even having enough respect for Tucker Carlson to turn his phone off. (laughs) Yeah. In case you're wondering, that was not us. Yeah, right. I always, whenever there's bad audio, I'm like, hey, that's not us, everybody. Yeah, that's not our Somebody coughing on the newscast. People are like, Jesus, get it together. Yeah, that's Rick Perry like, oh, yeah, I'll turn on the camera. I'll get on there and talk to you, Tucker. Uh, No respect. But um, I want to highlight that quote that he just said, okay? If AOC, if if we were in the AOC world... You are in the AOC world, brother. And you have this type of event, you are going to die. People are already dying. Yeah. And AOC is not in control of what's happening in Texas. Her policies... AOC's not in control of really anything governmentally. She's a single legislator from the Bronx in New York. Well, also, her policies are not running Texas right now. Yeah. And you have this type of event, Rick Perry, and people are dying. It's the same thing as Donald Trump saying, this will be Biden's America, and he's using footage from 2020. Right. When he's president of the United States. Right. You don't need to talk about a future (laughs) when AOC's policies are controlling everything. We're in there now and people are dying. A couple of things struck me. One is that he's talking about you got to have a diversity in energy, y'all. You got to have a diversity in energy supply. And then he only talks about fossil fuels. Right, right now, Texas, almost 90% of their energy comes from fossil fuel. That's not diversification. That's the problem. And then the other thing is you got you to gotta think long term, you know. You got to be thinking the long term in this game. Well, if you're thinking long term, Rick Perry, you're not going to be relying upon fossil fuels because that is an energy source of the past. We need to, as a matter of policy, look forward to developing sustainable energy sources that aren't in, that don't have a finite supply, you dipshit who can't even pronounce the word nuclear correctly. It's not nuclear. <laughs> it is not nuclear. <laughs> N-U-C-L-E-A-R. Nuclear. What are you, fucking Homer Simpson, you mook, you former energy secretary? How beautiful is it to listen to Tucker Carlson talk about other people as ideologues? <laughs> yeah. Is he <laughs> fucking well, kidding anybody? Well, if he's anybody? not talking about, if he's not being a racist, he's just a, 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 an utter white supremacist using their language and their propaganda, he's really out of his element. So give him a break, Brittany. You know, I do admire him, though, because he is constantly criticized for that um, confused look on his face. Yeah. And he doesn't change it. He's just going to keep running with it. I just posted, you know, I've done many videos about Tucker Carlson. I don't really admire him. Just want to make sure I get a, out in front of the emails and the voicemails. I'm sure the you're going to get emails. Yeah. Uh, I just did a video where I mashed up all of the funny names I've called him over the years. Mm. And I called him that he always has a look on his face like a dog confused by a magic trick <laughs> a couple of years ago. That is definitely the case. In, in fact, let me let me plug that channel while I'm here. I yes. just created a new YouTube channel called Jesse Dollamore Clips. Mm-hmm. And I even created like a logo for it that's Jesse Dollamore and then below more is clips or so oh, more clips. Yeah, that huh? worked out. That worked out. I'm super proud of that, by that's the way. That's awesome. That tells you just how idiotic I am about that kind of thing uh-huh. that I'm super proud of that. It's, 
That is something to be proud of. So anyway, go over and subscribe to that channel because I'm even thinking about maybe doing like a dumb cooking video or something and that will be where that'll go because it doesn't really mesh with the main channel. Well, the point of the Clips channel is to have kind of shorter... Uh, more digestible content over there that is separate from the long form stuff on your yeah. Well, I'm taking a lot of it's well so far. It's me taking from my longer form content a very digestible three minute or so or less yeah stuff. So anyway, do a brother a solid yes and go over there and like the channel. That'd be a good time. That would be very nice. Um, moving on here, talking about uh, dum dums and we've been kind of featuring. Some Newsmax clips that uh, Rachel Ham lady who had all her prophecies and being spoken to by God in her dreams. And there's a guy named Johnny Inlow. Yeah, he's a Christian prophet. And he's just among many Christian prophets, apparently. All right. He calls himself a prophet. Let's not give him the juice. Oh, no. He's a Christian prophet, (laughs) sir. He is a prophet. Do not try to take away his well-earned title as he deserves it. On his business card, I'm sure it says Johnny Inlow. Yeah. Prophet. So there are some of these people, uh, prophets, charlatans, whatever you might think of them. Grifter. Um, that they believe that Donald Trump is going to come back into power. And that is part of their prophecy is that Donald Trump is going to be restored to power uh, by God. And Johnny Enlow is one. Greg Locke is another. Cat Care. There's there's various Christian prophets that are taking to social media to, um, you use the word grift, to grift and yeah. use their platforms to gain a following of Trump supporters that are desperate for his return. So Johnny Enlow went on this YouTube channel, uh, ElijahList.com. The, the host is Steve Schultz. And this video has over 100,000 views on YouTube. Wow. Okay? So there's an audience for this. Yeah. So there's definitely an audience for this. So it's not just some rando in his basement making predictions from the dream he had. This is a guy with with a following, with with a platform. Yes. This is different from Rachel Ham. This is not a Rachel Ham situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so... We want to play a clip from it because uh, we're going to play a little bit of a lengthy clip. So this is kind of a trigger warning for um, like long-winded nonsense. Um, This guy's going to be talking about his reactions to the election and how he views Donald Trump coming back into power through the messages that he's receiving directly from God. Promises that make you stagger. A lot of people are, are staggering about now. Tell us what's on your heart today, especially as it relates to the election and and understanding the prophetic and all of that. Well, first of all, I need you all to see that I can wear uh, a coat as well. (laughs) These flowers above me, it's because I'm in Elizabeth's anointed seat where she does her morning uh, uh, programs. She's been doing the 8 to 15 every every morning, central time. And, And so we're looking for the open heaven over her to add to us and to help us with um maintaining our signal as well but um yeah it's wow what an amazing time it is uh definitely uh steve and again thanks to you elijah list elijah streams for how uh you have hung in there with the lord ultimately and i feel like this is going to be a really 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 important uh they're all been good and important but this is going to be a really important uh time together and, and the lord's speaking to me on some things 
And of course, the title you talked about, Promises, and it's, I said this, we're going to talk about promises that make you stagger. And that's really out of uh, Romans 4 and verse 20, Romans chapter 4, verse 20. And again, depending on what version of the Bible you have, but it talks about Abraham. Wait, 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 wait. (laughs) Did he just say... Oh my God! Did he just say, depending on what version of the Bible you have? He did. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God! It's kind of like Bill Hammer calling the Bible, um, the people in the Bible, characters characters. this week. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) amazing. Oh my God! Right. The clip continues. Three minutes and forty-five seconds left. The promise of God through unbelief, and you know, if you read another version, it's it's waver. But you want to think about promises that make you stagger. Now, if you read the backstory on it, we may, according to time, get into some more of it because it is it is relevant. It's the promise of receiving Isaac as his firstborn, as a first son the promised son, which then would become part of a whole multitude. You know, the Lord had not just given him a prophetic word, but showed up in person and said, I'm going to do this thing. And I'm, and, and so it was uh, so hard to, uh, uh, to believe that even though he gets credit by New Testament time of not having staggered at the promise, you want to ask right. what in the world was Haggai? And then why did you first laugh? And then why did, uh, Sarah then laugh, and of course Isaac means he laughs. So there's this whole thing of laughing, and that's been a point of focus for us as well. Psalms two: He who sits in the heavens laughs at what the enemy is planning, and so we have a, a laughter theme around us, and, and some of the joy perhaps coming coming to us at this time. But we can receive a promise that's so big and so great and so difficult that it can make us stagger, and that's really what I what I think has been taking place even in the body of Christ. It's a promise, uh, again, back to uh, back to Abraham. He didn't just get it from the prophets. He got it from God in the flesh. If we would go read it, God literally showed up several times, two different times. One time it says he came. One time it was three men. It's the Trinity that showed up. The Trinity eats with him, hangs out with him. And, uh, you know, it says... And Moses laughed, and, and this was even after Ishmael was born, because they were trying to help God out with his promises. And this goes into helping God out with his promises. And then uh, it said he laughed, and then he said, Oh, Lord, that Ishmael might live before you, you know? And we want to apply it to the thing at hand we're talking about, which is the promises regarding Trump, the election, moving forward. And uh, there are aspects of it that, uh, for some, you've been hearing it, Again, for us, it seems long, a month or two or whatever. And we're talking about Abraham who received the promise in the person at age 75. And at age 99, there was not yet one validated son. Because when he went for Ishmael, it was not counted. So that's why he's the, the father of faith. But we want to recognize that the Lord can give us promises that make us stagger. And the reason there is staggering we don't want to badmouth people. I, I I salute those who, you know, there were some staggered November 4th, and and, and then there yeah. was others that staggered 
January 6th when Pence was assumed he would do something. And then it was assumed perhaps the military would have already stepped in by January uh, 20th. And so we have these, I say, artificial deadlines, these due dates that we created that God didn't create. And so as everyone goes by, it causes our, our faith to stagger. And here's where I want to go. This is, and this is the part that I think is, is real, real important. I truly believe we are soon going to enter a time of great celebration, great joy. Swift justice is coming in. Uh, and you say, how, huh? how is that? How's that? How could that happen? <laughs> I'm just going to tell you, Joseph Biden could literally be out of his pretend power position within 24 hours. Pretend power position. Yeah. So there were several, obviously, concerning things about that clip. Talking about the promises regarding Trump, of course, promises from God, um, and how he had assumed, many people who follow him had assumed that Pence would do something. Yeah. That the military would come in. Uh, that these things were not were not answered, were not fulfilled. Mass delusion. And now he's making predictions that it will happen suddenly where Joe Biden is just removed from office. And this is concerning that these these Christian prophets <laughs> right, right, right. are using their platforms to continue to uh, create confusion about what is happening with the election and about and, reality. Yeah. And this this under the context of only two thirds of voters and one third of Republicans expressing confidence that Biden won a free and fair election. And you have these prophets uh, <laughs> spreading misinformation through religious proclamation. Yeah, yeah. And that's really terrifying because as and that's why we played that full clip. So you could really hear him justify this from a biblical place, giving specific examples about the promise from God regarding Trump and then tie it directly to how we hoped that what would happen with Pence stepping in and it didn't happen. And then we hoped the military would come in and that didn't happen. But let me tell you, let's not lose faith. Joe Biden could be removed. Suddenly it's going to happen. It's terrifying. Yeah. It, well, it's terrifying only because there is a group, a sizable group of people who believe this particular brand of dangerous nonsense. Yes. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So, listen, uh, we don't do a lot of this, but I think it's important to bring this to people's attention that the the movement that is in support of Donald Trump isn't going away right now. There's still this this wacky conspiracy theory that on March 4th, uh, Donald Trump will begin his second term in office and Joe Biden hasn't actually been president of the United States. And it's dangerous because right now there are fears that there will be another insurrection, that there will be another attack on Washington, D.C. by a throng of ding-dongs. Right. Um, which also, I mean, look... If there's anything to be looking looking positive about right now, it's that the federal government isn't taking, by all indications, isn't taking this thing lightly. They're investigating right now Roger Stone and Alex Jones uh, as possible bad actors hmm. and conspirators 
in the the January sixth insurrection. Mm-hmm. So they're 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 really going deep. They're firing Capitol Police officers. There's been almost forty who have been implicated. Like nine, eight or nine or something have been fired. Six have been suspended, and twenty nine others are being investigated. Yeah, okay, for their those roles. are the numbers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, but it's a, it's a considerable amount. I mm-hmm. mean, one guy got fired for taking a selfie with the protesters. They are they are in league with. They are sympathetic to. And they are not just sweeping it under the rug and moving on. So that's a good thing. Right. But people need to know that this is out there. This is a reality that people believe it. Not what they believe, but that they believe it. Right. And especially one of those names that I mentioned, Greg Locke, he tweeted on January 18th, to be clear, I've changed my mind about nothing. Trump will remain president. Biden will be exposed. America will remain free. Revival is coming. So they're not backing down. They're continuing with this messaging, um, even in the face of, like you said, Jesse, reality. And listen, the battle does continue because we don't just have to deal and contend with propaganda outlets like Fox News. Yeah. There's also One America News. There's also now uh, Newsmax, which really has a large and growing audience because they're on TV. Yeah. uh, Including Greg Kelly, who's a former Fox News and then got demoted to work in the local New York market. And now he's at Newsmax. He's the former police commissioner son of New York City. Greg Kelly, former Marine, rape accusations have been leveled against him. Mm. Anyway, this is him. He's an anchor on Newsmax. And, uh, well, actually, maybe, I'll tell you what. Here we go. It's the asshole of today. Newsmax host, Greg Kelly. <laughs> we, we did that backwards. Um, so I do want to talk about this because he does this segment and it's, there's so many things that they can criticize Joe Biden about. I mean, there's just so many scandals. There's just so many things going on. Um, and this was top of the list for them. You're not going to give a disclaimer that there's not so many scandals? Well, I, I was... Because gonna... I was thinking for a second, like, do you think there's a bunch of scandals? I was going to have you just play it and have everyone discover what it is. Oh, there's a joke. Well, see, so you got to clue me in to the joke. We're, we're to the point here with Newsmax, and it happened early on. It's only February, guys. <laughs> we are tan-colored suit-level scandal reporting oh, yeah. over on Newsmax. Okay, just wait until you hear what they took time to talk about on Newsmax. Did you see the dog? Let's. Get, I want to show you something I noticed. <laughs> Doesn't he look a little... Uh... A little rough. <laughs> I love dogs, but this dog needs a, a bath and a comb and uh, all kinds of love and care. I've never seen a dog in the White House uh, like this. I've, I remember Buddy. I remember Millie. I remember lots of dogs, but not a dog who seems, I don't know. I don't know how much love and care he is getting. Let's bring in the historians. I, I'm having fun with this, obviously, but I, I, I do want to talk about some stuff. Craig Shirley, Reagan biographer, presidential historian. Craig, welcome back. And Doug Weed, presidential historian, former advisor to George H.W. Bush. That's the White House where I remember Millie. Millie had, like, a staff, and they really took care of her. Very beautiful dog. This dog looks like from, I'm sorry, from the junkyard. And I love that dog, but he looks like he's not been well cared for. No, not, not <laughs> at all. Thank you for having us. Uh, no, he looks very dirty and disheveled and uh, very unlike a presidential dog like uh, Millie or Victory or something else in the past in the, uh, in the White House. I love that he says, obviously, we're having fun with this, everybody. 
but then goes on to seriously talk about it. Yeah, he intros people that he's actually inviting on to complete a segment. To talk about the old, the elderly dog. Who's a dog, everybody? (laughs) I mean, listen, if you think you take care of your dog, I guarantee you a dog in the White House is taking care of in an extravagant manner. Yes. That dog is not being abused. I mean, I don't even need to say it. Yes. This is nonsense. This is beyond tan suit. This is beyond mustard gate. Yeah. Yeah. Come, by the way, mustard's delicious. Yeah, fantastic. And it needs to go on everything. Absolutely. Um, so, by the way, Millie is... Let's see. Millie is uh, George former w. president. Bush. Yeah, George W. George H. W. Bush. H-W, yeah. And then Buddy is uh, Clinton's dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or was. I'm sure that dog's dead now. I mean, come on. <laughs> do, dogs... you need to, do you need to say it like that? Well, I don't know. Dogs don't live to be 50 years old. Clinton okay. hasn't been president since 2000. You're just like, oh yeah, that's so a dead even dog. At the, even at the most, even at the extent of it, the dog would have to be like, even if it was a puppy when he left office. Yeah. Yeah, that dog's long dead. So anyway, back... That's a fucking dead dog. Back to Champ. Like you were saying, (laughs) Champ is a 12-year-old German shepherd. So he's... He's 12, and he's a German. She's a big dog. Yeah, a senior dog, a big dog. But they're concerned about the appearance of the dog. When's the last time that German shepherd went to the groomer? Oh, (laughs) the horror. (laughs) Come on, man. Anyway. Not serious people. We're not going to end the show... On a negative note, even if it was a funny one, we just can't do that to you multiple shows in a row. Taking care of biz. Senator for South Australia, Sarah Hansen Young. Yeah. You so- showed this to me, and it is it's great on audio. But it's even better oh, yeah. on video. Yeah, because you really, you see the eyes. You see Sarah's eyes. Yeah. And she's coming for him. It's not, listen, it's awesome. And I want I want to kind of explain how she looks so you, when you're listening to it, you can imagine it. Yeah. It's not even like staring daggers. Yeah. It is a strength of demanding answers from this guy. Yes. So to set up the clip, this is Sarah Hansen Young, again, uh, Australian senator, and she is questioning someone who runs one of the newspapers for Rupert Murdoch in Australia. His name is Michael Miller. He's the executive chairman. And she's sitting on the Senate Environment and Communications References Committee. And she's asking this Murdoch Press executive about misinformation on climate change specifically. You just said that you've gone back to uh, consider how things could have been yeah. done better. Hmm. Oh, well, whether we got it wrong as well. Whether we, there was the assertions of others, were they correct? Do you believe that last year's bushfires were exacerbated by climate change? Yes, I do. Why didn't your newspaper print that? We did. There were a number of opinions. We, shared, we have many opinions on many different topics. Is it on- fact, Mr Miller? Fact of is it a fact that climate change exacerbated climate change those is real. So why would it need to be printed in opinion? That climate change is real. That climate change exacerbated last summer's bushfires. You just our, said to our, me we've printed lots of opinions. I'm not asking for opinions. I'm asking about whether your newspaper 
printed the facts. Ouch. You can just, you can see, you can hear him squirming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, and that's what's, it's the juxtaposition of strength there. Yeah. That he's this wiry, wormy, sniveling, oh, what do you mean? <laughs> I, don't, oh, I don't know what you're saying. And then she's up there on the dais and is strong and asking pointed questions, demanding answers from this guy who traffics in propaganda and lies. Yeah. So he must be um, not arrogant or self-serving. Mm, bringing it back all the way around, uh, Jesse. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I very much. Uh, I saw this clip, and I have a lot of respect for Sarah Hansen Young. I. It reminds me of the Katie Porters, the AOCs, yeah. the Ayanna Presleys, the strong female figures that we have. Uh, that we're lucky to have. Yeah, that are in government, that are holding power to account, that just get shit handed to them all day long on social media and elsewhere and still stand strong. Yeah, in America, they get taken off the committees where they do the most good yeah. and have the most influence and uh, they get jerked. Yeah. Ugh. So taking care of biz, Sarah Hansen Young. Absolutely. All right, everybody, we are going to leave you there. Before we go, I'd like to one more time ask you to help support the show. You can go to patreon.com slash I doubt it podcast. Choose an amount for a monthly donation to help support, keep the lights on, expand our operation here, help us move the conversation forward on a weekly, uh, on a twice weekly episode basis. We love you guys. We'll see you next time. Until then, Pretty Page, I'm Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt It.